0: Welcome to Words for the Wise, with your host, DeMarco Williams. Yeah, so, as you know, we've been playing
1: this for, what, about two and a half months now? <laughs> I think something like that, yeah. Uh, started talking quite a little bit ago uh, through the Anchor Facebook group.
0: And... If it went one thing would work, it was another.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, though, you know.
0: And our supervisor just quit last week. We hired another one who has no supervisor experience whatsoever. Oh, fun! And she's trying to get me to come the second shift so a new hire can go down the third. And I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be a negative there." Yeah. So. Yeah, so, what is it that you do for work? I am a security officer.
1: Okay. Oh, you know something? I do uh, Do remember you mentioning that on your show. A couple of episodes that I've listened to.
0: Yeah. I um, used to be a supervisor out there, but um, I thought I was going to become a supervisor again this time. They said, nope, we're not putting a chance on you. You're too young. You're still a kid. I was like,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, give us some time, you know.
0: So, it's so, a new company based out of Alabama, so okay. we shall
1: see how well they do. Yeah, where are you a security officer at?
0: Um, it's a plant named Colgate-Palmolive. Okay. So, we actually protect soap.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, if they want to steal it, they probably need it more than than need security, yeah. so... That's funny. But I come in, do the job, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Pay is pretty bad, but still get paid. Me, so.
1: Yeah. i going to say, you know, something's better than nothing. Yes. Do what you can. And yeah, so, uh, DeMarco, how long have you been uh, doing, doing podcasting, and uh, how did you get started with that going into it?
0: So, I've actually been podcasting since. Um, November twenty eighteen. So a little okay. under a year. Um I actually went to the hospital um in October of eighteen for depression and whatnot. Yeah. So when I got out, I was like, okay, I want to um motivate others as to what life can do to you try to bring you down but what you can do to lift yourself back up
1: yeah that's dude that's really great just uh yeah to see a, a low point for you like turned around you know to be used um yeah. I'm, I'm sure like that yeah that uh motivating you to help others you know that's that's really cool
0: and while i was in the hospital my girlfriend actually broke up with me so that was another low point another- oh yeah and it's like, okay, so just kick me while I'm down. For real. And then I got out of the hospital. And two months later, I became supervisor. And it was like, she came back. She was like, hey, so you're doing good now. Would you like to talk? I'm like, no. You left me when I needed you the most. I'm sorry, I just can't do that. Yeah. But... I'm glad that you actually chose this topic about social anxiety because believe it or not, I actually deal with social anxiety oh, yeah. um, I'm like an introvert instead of the extrovert most times mm-hmm. so yeah um, I'm sorry i I don't normally do interviews, so
1: like, I'm still oh, yeah. learning how to
0: do, like, the, how to get oh, comfortable fine. doing it.
1: I did yeah. one while I was at work once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah. are we rec- recording now? Do you want me to kind of share some of my story with it? or Yes, sir. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Social anxiety isn't really a-, a thing that I feel like I talk about a lot, like, in uh, my podcasts. Um, I, I guess we kind of touch on it here and there. Um, and for the longest time, uh, looking back on my childhood, I would say that, uh, I just thought like, Oh, I was a shy kid, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think what maybe the, the thing that has gotten me thinking more in terms of like social anxiety, more than just shyness is that there are so many times that, uh, I just felt kind of like paralyzed as far as like, uh, in social interactions, um, jobs that i had that uh kind of like that nervousness that you might have like you know learning a new job or like getting into a new thing right off the bat or interacting with people um i felt like that persisted almost every day of my jobs like pretty much every single day i would be like just really um anxious and uh, nervous sometimes like get sweats and like uh just feel like you know blood rushing to my face just when i had to interact with people um and also, like, uh, just um, there were times when I was a teenager that I would actually drive to friends' houses um, at times that, like, they had, you know, uh, get-togethers going on. Um, there are times that I would, like, drive to the house and couldn't get myself out of the car to actually go in. So um, I remember several times, like, getting to someone's house and getting, like, so worked up over, um, you know, the, the potential interactions with people that I would just, like, turn around and drive home um, which, uh, was really confusing to me, uh, just cause I was like, man, I, I don't know that other people are going through this type of, of thing. Um, I was never diagnosed with like social anxiety disorder. Um, but looking back, I, I kind of wonder it's one of those things. You're um, doing. yeah. And I, sometimes I think about like, where did, uh, that kind of insane nervousness come from? Um, I'm not really sure. It's kind of hard to, uh, nail down the roots of it but I do remember being young and just being shy you know not really saying much and um people fairly regularly would ask things like why are you so shy um so like things like that it kind of I, I would say automatically instilled this attitude of something is like deficient or wrong with the way that I interact compared to the way that other people do um so I would say that just comments like that, that were just like offhand comments made by people, made me really self-conscious and uh, made me to think that like something was wrong with the way that I was interacting with people. Um, So I I would say most social interactions that I had with peers, uh, someone would say something like that to me. Um, And then I would kind of just be, I would just kind of feel like this weightiness um, and just kind of like this heaviness um, and like, like I didn't have the freedom to be myself I would say that would that was like the main component is not the freedom to be myself um feeling like I would be more accepted if I was something else or if I was interacting with people in a different way um I remember uh as a kid I would say that maybe I was an introvert that wanted to be an extrovert um or or maybe you could say I was extroverted uh deep down but uh I didn't really know how to be an extrovert. I, I don't know how you would really word it, but um, I, I would look at people that were talking and that would uh, you know, just have like... But I, I guess it came down to feeling like I didn't really have value to offer. I think often about like, all right, what are the things that people talk, talk about? Because I don't really think that I have anything to talk to people about. Um, and, and I think uh, a lot of it came down to maybe just not feeling the safety to be myself in most social situ- social situations. And part of that being uh, coming from the place of people questioning, you know, why are you the way that you are when it came to just like being quiet um, and not saying much. Um, so kind of, it kind of like little things instilled like a lot of self consciousness in me. And I think that as a kid, uh, it was probably because I was overly sensitive and uh, just didn't realize it and didn't know how to deal with, Things that were said. I'm um, just internalized a lot of things um, you know things that for some kids might not have affected them much for whatever reason um, did affect me a lot so um, uh, that that's kind of like the history of it uh, as a kid. Um, I don't know if you want me to touch on like w- what that's looked like as an adult and whatnot um, but uh, yeah what, what's uh, did you have any questions as far as all that goes?
0: Um. No, but not as far as that. But I, so some of the stuff that you mentioned, like driving to a friend's house and just knowing that there's going to be a lot of people there. And then it's like, okay, well, I've been in that situation. I'm like, okay, do I want to go in? Yeah. Or am I just going to leave? And I drive a two, and I still do this. And I drive a 2019 jeep renegade that does not get the best gas mileage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and i still do this to this day but i would drive up to a house and if i see too many cars out there it's like okay i'm gonna just head out like Facebook face with yeah. me i'm gonna just head out and uh, after a while it's like um why not waste my gas if I knew <laughs> that I
1: wasn't going to stay? I was actually wondering, like, yeah, for you, um, that kind of example of, like, showing up to a house with a bunch of cars, like, um, yeah, how, maybe how much of that is, like, introversion and how much of that is more like social anxiety? Or did you, do you ever think of it as, like, a distinguishment between the, uh, the two?
0: Well, see, when it comes to me, I don't know. I've probably never thought about it as distinguished, but if it's a small amount of people, I will stay. I just won't say anything. Uh, Yeah. But if it's a large crowd, I won't go or I'll just stick around somewhere where I notice hardly anybody yet.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. You see that? Yeah, 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 I'm still
0: here. Uh, Yep. So now how my phone how my phone like, dude? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So, how would you say that social anxiety would, could, and would affect our lives?
1: Uh, I I think. Uh, let's see. As like, uh, as a kid and as a teenager, it affected me in a way of just like, uh, I would say always feeling self-conscious, always feeling like, uh, um, I don't know, not, not valuable, uh, I guess in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, I, I do want to touch a little bit about, uh, some things that kind of shifted things for me. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I was never medicated for it or anything, never, uh, went to a counselor for it or anything, um. I, I mean, I don't know that that would have helped or been necessary. Um, uh, I w I would have just said like, I just don't talk much, you know? Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, like looking back on some things that were kind of debilitating, like, um, to this day, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, maybe it won't be weird to you. I don't know, but to me, it's kind of weird. Uh, I still get like really stressed when it comes to making phone calls. Um, like it kind of overwhelmed, um, and it's not because of any like rational, I don't know, fear. It's just kind of this weird thing where uh, it's just a social interaction that I don't know how it's going to go. Um, and uh, like, let's let's just say, for instance, I need to make a phone call um, to I don't know, figure out bills or something. Um, I will typically put it off till you know, like the last possible uh, point that it needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and and the same with like. Uh, just phone calls about just about different things, unless it's someone that I'm like really close with. And, uh, uh, you know, I know them well as a friend, um, in, in that context, uh, totally love talking on the phone with people. Like I enjoy this right now too. Um, I, I think just because I kind of have an idea of what we're talking about and where it's going. Um, but when it comes to making calls about, uh, I guess you could say more like formal things, for whatever reason, I just get kind of stressed about it. Um, and I will put it off until the last possible moment. Um, so, uh, I, I think a, a big thing that changed for me, um, I had, I definitely had family. I would say that I felt safe, um, and myself for the most part around family. Um, but, uh, I think it was just so common that I would be in a social interaction, um, with like with my peers, um, that was, uh, I don't know, just not, not great. Or um, that people would make me feel like something was wrong with me. Um, that I wasn't, you know, maybe meeting their expectations of like what I should be talking about or uh, who I should be socially. Um, th- there was a point in time that I started going to a different church when I was uh, a teenager. Um, and it was a youth group that met in a basement. And I want to say there are about 75 kids in this basement just crammed in. Um, but uh, yeah, so so it was, I mean, like, even just that thought as someone who was, like, you know, anxious socially uh, was kind of daunting. But the way that they went about things, like, I I felt like everyone just felt very included there um, and just accepted. Um, And uh, one thing that was said a lot was just, like, you matter to God and you matter to us. Um, And that that was just very much modeled and lived out. Um, I saw some other people um, in that group that uh, I would say were similar to me in that they were, they were very like introverted um, and just like more quiet, like mild mannered, um, but they really embraced that. Um, and I saw it as like a, a strength um, in just being, I, I guess you could say like using the term, like having a quiet strength, you know, just uh, that they, I, I guess you would say it was like, they were like grounded people. Um, but uh, yeah, just seeing that lived out and seeing a lot of people just, Embrace me w- with open arms in a way that uh, there wasn't any pressure to interact with them in a different way. It was just kind of like, oh, you're a person, you know, um, you might interact differently than we do, but you're a person. So you matter here. Yeah. Um, that, that was a huge, huge turning point, I think. Um, so uh, one thing that uh, looking back, I, I, I think the way that I would word it is that there are certain like situations and social contexts that are unhealthy for certain people. Um, that doesn't mean that those people are any less, but, uh, I, I think when you have a bunch of get togethers that are just like loud and like, uh, I guess you could say like ideal, um, for like extroverted people, um, those types of situations might not be the type of, you know, uh, situation that like an introverted person should be at um i guess maybe not all introverts but i'm just saying like me as a kid um, those situations were not i guess healthy environments for me to be myself in i'll say it that way um so i recognize now like there are certain situations that are not healthy environments for me to be in um and it comes up from time to time just like um events that my wife and I will be invited to that. I'm just like, yeah, I just don't really have any interest in, in being there. And it's not so much that I'm prejudging the situation. It's more that, uh, knowing, myself, uh, being in that situation, I will kind of shut down, um, and, uh, almost like revert back to feeling the way that I did as a kid. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so there's that balance, of, you know, stretching yourself and like being placed in situations that do grow you and that do, uh, you know, maybe cause things to come out of you that you didn't know were there. Um, there are a lot of situations that, that I do embrace that are not my ideal, but, uh, but I find like, I'm able to be myself in those situations. I'm able to interact with people on a deeper level than just, you know, surface talk that, uh, that means very little to me. Um, but, uh, Yeah. So I I think the way that it affects me now is just like having an understanding that certain situations, like I've never, never been one to go to the club, that type of like idea. Um, but like if I had friends that were going to the club, that type of thing, um, I would hate that environment. Uh, and it would just make me feel like, I don't know, it just, I, this, this is not something I thrive in. This is not something healthy for my personality and not something healthy for me socially, if that makes sense. Um, so I think, uh, it was kind of a mix of when I really realized that I had this unhealthy social anxiety, um, I'd say in my young adult years, um, I, I would say that there was a mix of purposefully putting myself in situations that were uncomfortable, but, uh, but I knew would stretch me, uh, socially. Um but also I guess kind of discerning what situations to avoid because I knew that they would cause a lot of like self criticism and uh you know, just kind of situations that would not actually be healthy for me to be in. Um so hopefully that makes sense. It does. Um you mentioned about like phone calls
0: and stuff. So I'm the person that's like if somebody calls me I keep my phone on vibrate most of the time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I can literally look at my phone see who's calling and I will wait till the call ends or I will decline and text you like, hey, what do you want? I don't feel like talking. And I do that to everybody and I've been called out on like why don't you answer the phone? Yeah. I don't like if I do answer the phone, I hope you can deal with my awkward silence because I'm not gonna say much until I get warmed up around you.
1: Gotcha. Well, Demarco, that's a that's encouraging to me to know that someone else feels that way, because uh, <laughs> I, I I feel that pretty much. Uh, yeah, when I get calls too, um, and some sometimes I feel really rude because I'm just like, ah, it's not that I didn't want to talk. It's just that yeah, I kind of still, to some extent, get a little bit of anxiety about verbally talking at certain times. Um, yeah. And you also mentioned about going to the club. So,
0: I... <laughs> here in South Carolina, we really don't... We're in the part of South Carolina. I say it. We, we don't have much. <laughs> yeah. It's a small little town. It's actually called 96. Um... A lot of history around it. But so we don't have a club, but we have like seven bars within the area. Yeah. And the surrounding area. So me and my friend went to the, well, I came back from the movie theater and she texted me, she's like, hey, come to the bar. It's like, how many people are there? She's like, it's literally just me and another friend. It's like, Uh Okay. She's like, but about one o'clock it's going to get packed. Well, about one o'clock I'm going to leave because I don't like being around a bunch of people. Yeah. One, because I don't know them. So I don't want to be engaged in conversation. Two, I don't know you and I don't know how you are after you get tipsy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, she's like, just stay it never did get packed like i think we was the last two in there when they closed we were sitting outside eating mcdonald's
1: yeah so yeah it's uh i i think it's interesting just like uh maybe the context of like who you're with too like well maybe not for you but for me like in a situation like that if i'm let's just say i meet up with uh with a couple people that i know well um maybe i don't even know them well but they just like create like an environment environment yeah, an environment that's inviting for for me to be myself and for other people to be themselves. Yeah. Um in that type of situation, if I feel like all right, I'm comfortable in my own skin, I, I'd say that's probably maybe the best term. Um when I feel like I'm comfortable in my own skin um and I can just be myself around people. Um those are the situations that uh let's say even if like uh, just using your example even if the like the bar were to fill up but i'm like really comfortable with the people that i'm with yeah um i won't get you know socially anxious um but uh i guess like in that same situation if i'm with people that i'm just like "Ah, you know i don't know they've just made some comments that make me feel self-conscious or make me kind of doubt uh whether i don't know whether i can be myself around them um it's kind of like those situations are uh, just amplified in in the uh, social, like, awkwardness or anxiety for me. Um, And again, like, this is nowhere what it used to be for me. Um, I I would say, generally, when I was a kid, and when I was a teenager, it was like most social interactions, I felt like that, where now it's uh, just every once in a great while. Um, And I think part of that has been, you know, being surrounded by people that uh, have created those safe environments. And, um, I mean, I don't know what your belief system is, but like, uh, I would say just like coming to a point of knowing who I am in, in God and in who Jesus says I am. Um, yeah. and just like being secure in, uh, in my identity, you know, that my identity doesn't need to come from, um, the approval of other people. Um, so I, I would say for most of my life, I really cared about what people thought. Um, Or maybe not really care, but like I was really swayed by what people thought about me. Um, But I would say in more recent years, just experienced this more like freedom, just like, all right, just be myself, you know, Um, like uh, I don't need validation from other people. Um, So that that has helped and changed a whole lot. So earlier you said that, um,
0: well, recently also about validation from other people do you believe that like when people deal with social anxiety that they will try to turn themselves into something that they're not just so that they can feel like they fit in uh
1: i I mean i think so um i guess maybe it depends because uh you know some people that deal with social anxiety it's to the point that it's kind of debilitating and they uh they can't even like really get themselves around people you know yeah um but, but yeah, I, th- I think for a lot of people, maybe it maybe it does uh, come down to that, where they, they think that the only way that they'll be accepted is if they fit into a mold or um, even if they just like, I don't know, maybe the things that they're interested in, other people don't care about. So they just kind of, uh, you know, out, out of you know, wanting to, um, yeah, just be accepted might uh, forsake some of like their actual passions and like what they really care about and what they really want to talk about just to kind of fit into the conversation. Um, that kind of idea. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I think it's just like really valuable to even just like find a find some people that you can be real with, um, that will accept like your quirks. Um, I mean, like even, even for you, like if you were, uh, with that bar example, like if you were to, to tell someone like, Hey, you know, around one block, like, I don't want to peek out just because I don't want to be around a bunch of people. Um, if, if your friend reacts and just says like, Hey, that's totally understandable, you know, like, I, you know, maybe they don't feel that way, but they respect that. Yeah. Um, they, I, I think that's super cool, you know, and that's like a, an environment and like a friendship conducive to like helping you, um, grow, um, through that anxiety but um, when people are just kind of like oh so you just like don't like people or you know (laughs) if people are maybe doubting or um, just kind of like making you feel weird about being the way that you are (laughs) um, maybe those are friendships that you know not not to cut those people off entirely but maybe just uh, maybe not spending as much time with those people you know spending more time with people that like really encourage you to be yourself and to uh, uh, just be yourself in a way that you feel like you don't have to conform or uh, be something that you're not Understandable. understand I completely agree
0: because like so from so when you actually messaged me earlier I was actually recording another episode and that's why I didn't get back to you it was actually about yeah. like Trying to follow your dreams. Okay. For me, it was always hard for me to follow my dreams because I was, I'm, I was considered that outsider looking inside who didn't talk, didn't hang out. I played yeah. sports, but still wasn't good enough to be known. Um, so when it... We was just at school one day, and it's like, hey, DeMarco, do something. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple, and it's Anchor anchor is a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing your podcast best of all it's 100 free and ridiculously easy to use and now anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast that means you can get paid to podcast right away in fact that's what i'm doing right now by reading this ad and you know i've made this podcast my very own i've talked about different things And, you know, that's just what you have to do when you want to be a podcast host. You got to know how to reach your audience. And best of yet, I'm on Apple iTunes. So go to anchor.fm to start. And like I said, if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join me. In the diverse community of podcasters, already using Anchor. That's po- that's Anchor FM slash Start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Something. So, um, I like my mom. She was a singer. My brother is a producer slash rapper. So I was like, okay. okay, I can take something like that and I'm try to make it my own. So. I tried to rap. Hence the term tried. Yeah. Um no rhythm, no nothing, off beat all the time. <laughs> so but that's how I got known. But when I come to look at where I'm at now still not being able to be around crowds, I guess some of it also came from those same people that told me you're going to be famous one day because, hey, you're good at rapping, you're good at singing. Or the same people that went behind my back and was like, <laughs> he sucks. Yeah. And like, I told him, I was like, I know I suck, and that's why I don't rap anymore, that's why I don't sing anymore, but I write poetry and see the reason. Sorry for the background noise. Uh, The reason why I write poetry because I feel more comfortable writing down how I feel or what's going on in my mind than actually telling somebody. Yeah. And. I actually just published a book with some poetry, and it's the poetry in it shows like what depression can do to you, what not being around people can do to you, excluding yourself from like the real world, what all it can do to you. And I'm like, so. I guess that's another reason why I don't like being around big crowds because people can add one way to your face, but then go behind your back and act another way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, I was going to add to, you know, like we talked a little bit about being surrounded by people that are going to encourage you, you know, and like be a safe place and like help you to be yourself in your own skin. Um, but, uh, and that like, that's important. Um, but I think also like we can be that for other people, you know, like, um, I think there've been times in my life that I've felt like, man, like I don't really know that I have people in my life at this point in time. Um, I, I feel like I've been surrounded by some really incredible people, like at any given point in time, but there, there had been seasons of my life. I i <laughs> would say that like the, the people that I was uh, seeing semi daily, I didn't really feel totally comfortable to be myself with. Um, but, uh, I think out of that kind of gave me a passion to, to hopefully like be that, that person for other people, you know, um, and trying to like, just take an active interest in them, um, and trying to encourage them just to be themselves and like, you know, asking questions of people about like, uh, who they are and what makes them tick and like what they're interested in. And, um, I feel like the more that, uh, the more that like I have an active interest and in, like want to get to know other people because I think that people are valuable, um, the more that uh, I think that that not only transforms like the social interaction with that person but also like helps me to, I, I guess maybe see value um, in myself if if that makes sense. Um, I think kind of like uh, getting to a point of like all right like what's uh, the 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 type of friend who would be like really uh encouraging to me i want to be that type of friend to other people yeah um and fortunately i've i've had a ton of people that have been really great with that in my life but i i do remember years ago um that being a thing where i was like man i don't don't feel like i have anybody right now that fits that um and it really just felt like it was on my heart like all right like uh instead of just being bummed about not having that person in your life right now. How about you try to be that person to other people, you know? Um and I think that like when we take an active interest in each other and like really love each other, um, you're gonna find that a lot of other people are maybe in a similar spot and like, you know, uh loving them will go a long way, you know, um and really have a, a cool impact. Yeah.
0: All right. So I think this is going to wrap up this podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, With all the technical difficulties, I guess we'll, uh, yeah. (laughs) um, I will be reporting this problem back to Anchor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, it's nice having you on today's podcast. And you have a podcast of your own, right?
1: Yeah, I have two right now i'm working on a, a third and maybe a fourth um <laughs> uh yeah the i have a podcast uh, called let god die it's a lowercase g and um basically we have our guests share s- their stories of uh coming to know jesus um and then we dive into like misunderstandings about what it means to follow god that they've grown through and grown from um so we've uh been doing that for four or five years now um have a lot of episodes of that and then i have a a poetry podcast called hollering poets where we take uh you know recorded albums from spoken word poets and we break down each uh poem uh on the album so uh we're four seasons into that um and then uh the 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 other projects are still in the works but um i do have a facebook page called *Mozug media and that's kind of like what i use as the hub for all the different projects so I th- I think you've invited me to like that page and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> yeah, right on. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of like just the, the hub for like the different creative projects that I'm doing, um, just so they're all kind of in one place. Gotcha.
0: And I have a place, I have a place, I have a page called Words for the Wise. And yeah, it's pretty much about the podcast. Uh, you'll see pictures of me out and about from town to town, but uh, it's mostly about the podcast or what I'm doing when I'm not recording, like when I'm taking a season off to get ready for the next season. Okay. So. Cool. But it was
1: nice talking to you today. Yeah, good to talk to you too. Thanks for the time, man. You're welcome. So,
0: So, that will end this week's episode of Words for the Wise. If you have not already, go check out Mr. John Mozart's podcast, Let God Die, which he has already explained. And then, also, um, Hollering Poets, I believe is the name of it. So... This is DeMarco Williams, host of Words for the Wise. And this is not goodbye, but this is until next time. I'm out.